oh, it really shouldn't be this hard. Um, <laughs> all I want to do is talk about um, going back to school during COVID. My son is uh, is in pre-K, daughter is in kindergarten, so he gets to go to school. She doesn't, um, and he is thoroughly, thoroughly excited about being able to go to school. I think he's also equally excited about being able to do it by himself. He's the youngest, so very few things, activities happen alone. Um, at best, he gets to share them with his sister, and that's it. Um, but he doesn't get a lot of he didn't get a lot of solo solo activities just yet, right? Um, so the going to school thing is is he's he's been looking forward to it, and you know now he's going and he's loving it. But I don't know if I should feel uh, proud or offended at how much he would rather be at school than be at home. Uh, the first, so we took him to, to back to school day or um, whatever it's called. And so we could, he could meet his teachers, see his new classroom. Um, and for our, the kindergarten, our, our, our eldest, a daughter to pick up her supplies because, you know, as I said, she's not going to be learning on campus just yet. So she's got a pile of books and worksheets and supplies and what have you to take back home so she can do the whole virtual learning thing. Uh, so we do that, and that goes great. Um, they meet the teachers. Everybody's super nice, all masked up the whole the whole night. Goes fantastic. We walk back to the car, and as we're you know doing the whole put a four- and five-year-old in the car routine with the, the car seats and whatnot, uh, the youngest that will be going to, to school on campus starts, starts crying, right? He starts bawling. What's wrong? What's, what's going on? I thought I pinched him with the, the car seat or something. Like, dude, are you okay? Did I, did I poke you? Did I, what happened? I think it's like, I want to go to school. I don't want to go home. I want to stay at school. And I'm like, buddy, it's, it's, school's not open just yet, right? In two days, I think, you know, you'll, you come back and you get to go every day for months, super long time. But I want to go right now. Cried the whole way home, the entire way home. Um, and I think for some time after he got home, we had to I appease him with some sort of combination of candies, treats, and like a television show or something to calm him down. And it, was, it was some mix of things you should never give your child to get the knack right. But he'd been crying for so long at, at this point, I was, I was concerned for his safety. Uh, but all of this because we left school um, after the, after the, the meet and greet or the, the back to school day. So then, you know, we get through, we get through that. He, calms himself down. He can get through the two days. He starts going to school where I think about two weeks in at this point. Um, and the first week comes to an end and he's having a great time. You know, he likes going to school. He's got his whole routine. He gets to go. I take him to school. Uh, my wife and I split, split parental scholastic duties. She's at home with the eldest doing the kindergarten, uh, home learning, virtual remote thing. And I, drive the youngest to, to pre-K. Um, so he's super happy. He gets to go drive by himself with dad and do all this, this, these solo activities. So Friday rolls around. I come to get him from school and put him in the car and he starts crying again, not bawling this time, sort of, you know, sort of whimpering like a, like an injured puppy or something. 
<laughs> All right, dude, what's the matter? Did you have a bad day at school? What's going on? I know I didn't pinch you this time. What's what's the problem? I don't get to go to school tomorrow. Like, um, yeah, it's today's Friday. Tomorrow's the weekend, right? You get to be home with mommy, daddy, and your sister today, Saturday, and Sunday. Then you go back to school on Monday. It's, this is the end of the week. It's the weekend. It's like, I don't want to go back home. I want to go to school every day. Like, buddy, the school is not open every day. It's only open you know, Monday through Friday, the days that you go. And he's a little more open to understanding that. I get him to stop crying about the time we get back, you know, get back home. But I just, I don't really know how to feel about that. Should I be, you know, should I be proud or excited that he enjoys school that much? Or should I be offended that he dislikes his home so much, right? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't quite know how to feel about that. But um, I didn't get to think about that all that long um, because there was another tragedy um, in Wisconsin. Uh, Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back um, by officers as he was trying to to exit a situation. I believe there was some sort of domestic dispute and he was attempting to break that up. Police showed up. He was trying to exit the situation. And as he was attempting to enter his car, police shot him seven times in the back. Um, This is Will um, for head above hypocrisy. I I don't, I don't know that I, I mentioned that, but um, again, I, my, my thought process or train of thought was derailed and consumed by, by another tragedy. Um, the, the one positive, if you can even call it, I mean, well, it's definitely a positive, but, um, given the, given the, the, the gravity of the situation, um, the, the one positive is that Jacob Blake so far is still alive. Um, I believe he's still in the hospital, undergoing surgery, but he is alive. Um, and that is, that is rare these days. Generally, generally when the police get to shooting, um, whoever they're shooting at, it does not, does not make it. So there is that, um, silver lining, but it's, it's just, it's, it's so very frustrating as a, as a black man, as a parent, right. With, with kids, that you have to, um, the thought of sending your, your kids out into a world where, where things like this consistently happen, um, at the hands of, of those that are tasked with, with protecting you. I think one of the things I find most frustrating about, about this situation or, or situations such as this, because this is not, this is far from the first time something like this has happened, um, is is the narrative of the the these officers are are afraid, right? They fear for their lives because cops are shot every day by, you know, these crazy criminals with nothing to lose. So they're, you know, they they have families to go home to, they're afraid, and they're they're trying to protect themselves. Um nah, that's no, that's <laughs> unacceptable. Not that is that is not an, an explanation, right? Like no one's forcing you to be be an officer if if confrontation makes you uncomfortable you know if if these sort of interactions 
cause cause you fear, then UPS is hiring, right? There's there are other things that you can do as a profession, um, but using that as an excuse to to shoot someone in the back multiple times is is just is foolish at best, right? Like that's what what's what's so frightening about about a back about someone uh, retreating or fleeing? What at what point does does the back you know invoke this fear to where you need you feel the, the need to use deadly force, right? It's not even generally when you're afraid, like you maybe you'll fire off one shot or you'll you'll run, right? The 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 usual natural reaction to fear is to flee, right? Uh, so these these officers are claiming that they're so afraid of these of these black people's backs that they they feel the need to to empty their guns into the into the fleeing and or you know running away black person and it's just it's ridiculous and and it's it's frustrating that 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 narrative is is pushed by by like groups of people believe that you know that these officers are out here fearing for their lives. And if that is the case, maybe, maybe, maybe they are truly afraid. And if they're truly afraid, then hang it up. You know, it, it was a good run. You should do something else with your life because we can't have you out here shooting black people in the back because, because you're terrified of, of spines or I don't, I don't know. There's, there's no reasonable explanation to, to shoot someone in the back. The only time that you, you shoot something that is fleeing is when you're hunting, Right. So what's what's really going on here? It just it just doesn't make sense. It's it's like being a police officer is the only only job you can have where no matter what the mistake, they'll they'll figure out an explanation as to why it was justified, right? Like if you were if you worked at McDonald's and you were afraid of hot grease, so you continuously let French fries burn. You know what happened? You'd be fired probably after the third batch of fries got burnt. But if you're a police officer and you're afraid of black people, then you can just, you know, consistently shoot them in the back and they'll figure out a way to explain it away. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it really is. And the thing is, it has nothing to do with fear, right? It's about racism and a system that was not designed with, with black people's best interests in mind. And, you know, that's, this is just one of many examples and that happened within, you know, like a 48 hour span of of how the system is designed to not to protect white people and not black people. Uh, the the so Jacob Blake thing happens. I think it's shot seven times. People begin to protest in Wisconsin where it happened. So I mean, obviously they're upset. Police continue to abuse and shoot black people for effectively no reason, um, despite there being protests all across the nation against, you know, police brutality and police shooting black people for no reason. And they continue to shoot black people for no reason. Uh, so protests break out, they go for about two days. And then this kid, Kyle Rittenhouse comes out and he's, he shoots, I think he kills, no, he shoots two people. He shoots multiple people. He killed two people and injured one. And then he, he proceeds after he does all of this to walk down the street, hands up, AR-15 across the chest, past multiple officers, nothing is done. I believe at one point, I believe he was given water at some point, um, and this might have been before the shooting. Um, but it's, again, this, this person has actively shot people 
he is brandishing a, a large weapon, not a handgun, AR-15 across his chest. It's about the size of his torso. And police let him go home. They, he doesn't even get arrested. Um, meanwhile, two days prior, they shoot a man seven times in the back for walking to his car in which they thought there may be a weapon. It's, the, the hypocrisy is, is palpable. It's, it's absurd. It, it really is. I, I don't... I, <laughs> it's just re- it's very, very upsetting that things like this keep happening and we still have to explain why we're protesting, why we feel the way we do about the systems that are in place. It, because of this, because of these things, and this, this is far from the first time. Dylan Roof went into a church, shot nine people, and then was taken to Burger King. This kid shoots two people, injures another, and gets a bottle of water. And meanwhile, Breonna Taylor, sleeping in her bed, gets shot to death. Right? It's the list goes on. It's it 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 is far past time for change. And it's, you know, it's beyond, it's beyond police reform. It's, you know, we need, we need to create new systems. We need, we need new things in place that are unbiasedly executed because the current systems are not. And, and people are dying as a result. That's why, uh, <laughs> that's why I so, so strongly support the defunding of the police. Not the uh, not the removal completely. Like I, I do believe that that law enforcement serves a purpose, but um, the it needs to be it needs to be reimagined, right? The the current law enforcement was was based on catching free slaves, so we can't we can't expect a a system that was built on racism and slavery to to be implemented in an unbiased fashion because it was in its inception, you know, biased. It's the, the current police is they're just, you know, it's, like they say, it's the biggest gang. It's the biggest gang in America is, are the police. You want to talk about fear? You want to talk about gangs? You, know, you want to talk about violence? Police. That's that too, right? Like look who, look who's doing the shooting. You've got, you got these, you got two kids, right? Kyle Rittenhouse, Dylan Roof, Kyle 17, Dylan Roof was, I think, in his mid twenties. Those are kids. That's gang shit, right? You get you get some kids to go get them get them interested in the gang. They want to, you know, they want to get jumped on. They want to be put on. So you give them a gun. You tell them to go you shoot your your op, your your enemy. And that's what that's effectively what these what the the police did in Wisconsin. It's you know, as like Lil Wayne said, I put my shooters on their feet. I give them your address and go to sleep. And that's you know. <laughs> not and not so many words. That's how the police are um, are are serving and protecting. Not only are they undertrained and over aggressive, but they are allowing you know racist militia members to roam the streets, executing their own form of justice, in brandishing giant assault rifles. And these are these are the people that we're supposed to entrust with our safety. It's it is absurd. I I just I can't. I can't wrap my head around it, and the the idea that that we still have to explain these things to people over and over again, and they continue to happen over and over again, it is it's maddening. We got to do better. We really do, um, and it's going to take a lot of work because we got to rebuild. We can't 
we can't fix, we can't repair. We have to build the new um, because the the racism and the hate is 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 too entrenched into the core of of these systems um, that we can't they can't be fixed. They have to be rebuilt. Um, but it has it, now is the time. Now is the time. I'm not a I'm not a big call to action guy, but we got to do something. People are dying every day, and and nothing is changing. You know, where it feels like you're at the top of the mountain, screaming your lungs out, and nobody can hear you. Um, but I think I think we're on the right track. We got we've got the NBA players, um, you know, boycotting the playoffs. That's huge. That affects that affects big business bottom line. And that's on you know in America and in, in a capitalist society that's how you make change right you affect the bottom line these uh these corporations start losing money um, things will watch how fast things start to change um, so you know I guess shout out to the NBA for uh, or at least the players for for accepting that challenge and taking that stand that's um that's a big that's a, that's a big move it's a big step um, a lot more work to be done a lot more things to have to happen. Um, but that is, uh, it's definitely a huge step in the right direction because that's, um, that's big money that you're dealing with. And it seems that in, in this day's America, the, uh, the best way, if not the only way to make change is to either have a ton of money or stop those that do from getting it. And I'm gonna leave you with that. Um, you know, just we've got to do better. Be um, be aware. Stay focused. Stay diligent. I'm Will. This has been Head Above Hypocrisy.